Hi there, I'm Sue Alvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 129. It's been a long time since my last podcast, so I've probably got a lot of catching up to do. So today I want to tell you a little bit about what we've been doing, what's been going on around here. While I'm telling you all our news, I'm going to be discussing the questions, should we finish everything we start, and how can unschoolers combine their passions with work? Yes, it's been a long time since I last sat down in front of my mic. I just hope I remember how to make a podcast and then do the editing afterwards. It all feels rather unfamiliar. I just woke up this morning and I thought, hey, I feel like making a podcast. Well, actually, I've been thinking about making another episode for quite some time now. I got together with my daughter Sophie, who's 17, and we discussed some podcast ideas. I always like interviewing Sophie on my podcast, and so I said to her, how about you co-host my podcast with me? We can put together some questions, some topics. I can ask you a few things, and you can ask me a few things. Let's make it an equal sharing. And Sophie liked this idea very much. But the only problem is, we haven't found a mutually convenient time to sit down and record something. So as I said this morning, I woke up and thought, hey, I'm going to make a podcast. I will do it by myself. Yes, it probably won't be as good as if I had my daughter sitting next to me, but I shall give it a go. So what's Sophie doing that's making her so busy? What's taking up all her time? Well, the last time I was speaking about Sophie, you might remember that she had a job in a general store, cafe, post office, which is about a 45-minute drive away from home. Also, she was studying for a Certificate 3 in retail. Well, she's no longer doing either of those things. She decided that she needed a change. 45 minutes drive each way. It was a long journey, and Sophie had to rely on big sister Imogen to get her there each day. Sophie used to start work at 7 o'clock in the morning and Imogen and Sophie would have to leave the house roughly about 10 past 6. And in wintertime, it's dark at that hour of the day and I can't drive in the dark. I seem to have lost my night vision. Well, I guess I could try, but I don't think anybody would feel very safe with me behind the wheel. So Imogen has been doing all the driving. Yes, 45 minutes to take Sophie to work and then 45 minutes drive home again at the start of every day. That was a big ask for Imogen. So Sophie was ready to look around for another job, hopefully get one closer to home. At the same time, she thought that she would drop out of her Certificate 3 retail course. This was a big decision for her because shouldn't we finish everything we start? Doesn't that teach us perseverance? Sophie said she didn't want to get the reputation of being someone who starts things but never finishes anything. So even though she didn't want to do the course, even though she wasn't enjoying it, she did keep on pushing herself for a very long time. It was actually Imogen and I who encouraged her to drop out of the course. 
I could see that Sophie wasn't happy. Her days were far too long, going out of the house about ten past six in the morning, and then she wouldn't get home again till five o'clock in the evening. And by that time, she was really tired. She didn't feel like doing anything that she normally enjoys. She wasn't doing any of her passions, just working all the time and then sleeping. Sophie lost a lot of her joy. I missed her company. I thought that life shouldn't be like that. Not when you're only 17. I could see that the last bit of her childhood was disappearing. And yes, she wasn't enjoying it at all. As I said to Sophie, you can't go back and reclaim your childhood later on. Well, I guess you can do a lot of things as an adult that you would have done as a child. You can still keep your childish sense of humor and spirit of adventure, for example. But as everybody gets older, our responsibilities increase. We can't go back to those carefree days of when we were children. Now, I had a story for Sophie because I dropped out of a course many, many years ago. You might know that I have a Bachelor of Science degree. It majors in botany. After I graduated, I found it really difficult to get a job. I think a lot of university graduates find themselves in this situation. My husband Andy, he also couldn't find a job and what he ended up doing was working in a totally different field. I guess there was more pressure on him because we were married, he had a wife to support, so he went out and got any job that he could. And he ended up in sales marketing, which is totally different from the area that he was studying because he also has a Bachelor of Science degree, his majors in Maritime Geography. So he never spent any time out there on the ocean. So he found himself in an office trying to sell things. But anyway, back to me. I spent quite a few weeks, maybe months, at home by myself while my husband Andy was working. Every day I'd check the papers, look at all the ads for jobs, apply for some, but I never got one. And then one day I decided that I'd have to do something about the situation. I did a bit of thinking and I thought, what am I lacking? I'm lacking practical skills. Yes, I know a lot. I've got a lot in my head, but I don't actually know much about how to work with plants. So I decided that I would do a horticulture course. I applied to do the course and I got onto it very easily because I already had a Bachelor of Science degree. The Bachelor of Science degree was a higher qualification than the horticulture course certificate. But I didn't care. I just wanted to get out there, get some experience, and maybe somebody would give me a job. Now, I couldn't really imagine myself working as a greenkeeper or upkeeping a local park or raising flowers in a nursery, that type of thing. But I had to do something, so I started the course. And I got about, or oh, just over halfway through the course, when one of my applications for a job was successful. Yes, I kept on applying for jobs because that's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to work. I didn't really want to do any further study. Now, I went to see my tutor for the horticulture certificate and explained that I was leaving because I had a job. And he said, no, don't do that. He said, transfer to the evening classes, go to work in the day, and then 
finish your certificate in the evening. He said it will be a big waste if you drop out because you haven't got that long to go. A few more months and you'll have the certificate. Another qualification. So I didn't listen to my heart. I listened to the tutor and a couple of times a week after work, I'd get on a bus and I'd travel to the college and I would sit through lectures. Each minute of those lectures felt like an hour. I just was not interested. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be at home with my husband. But I'd been told that you have to finish everything you start. If you don't, then you have no backbone. So I went to the evening classes for quite a few weeks. And then one evening, it was an evening where there was an exam. Not a difficult exam. Periodically, we had to walk around a room where there were lots of plant specimens and we had to identify them with their English name and their Latin name. The exam wasn't a problem. I could do the identification. But I just didn't want to go to the exam. And so I didn't. And as the minutes passed by and I looked at the clock and I thought, well, everybody will be starting the exam now. And then a little while later, well, the exam is over and I missed it. And I knew that I wouldn't be going back. And I didn't. I didn't return. I didn't finish that certificate course. I don't have a qualification in horticulture. Do I regret not finishing the course? No, it was a big relief not to go anymore. I knew that that course was not for me. It was the wrong thing. I knew that I didn't really want to work in horticulture. Years later, I'm glad that I made that decision. It was such a relief. It felt like a big weight had rolled off my shoulder once I decided that I wasn't going to complete that course. So I told this story to Sophie. I said if she wasn't happy, then she should move on. She would have my support. I knew exactly how she was feeling. I just wanted to see her smile again. I wanted to see her doing something that she felt passionate about, or at least enjoyed. I didn't want Sophie wasting any more time. I thought that her time could be put to better use. I told Sophie that it is quite okay to admit we've made a mistake and then move on. And so that's what she did. She resigned from both the course and her job. Now, she didn't know what she was going to do next. I encouraged Sophie just to take a holiday, just come home, enjoy herself for a little while. I felt that everything would fall in place in time. And that's exactly what happened. Sophie only had a week's holiday before a friend rang and told us about a job in a local cafe, a cafe in a local town, about 20 minutes drive away. Would Sophie be interested? Oh yes, Sophie was interested. We went down to the cafe a couple of days later. Sophie met the owner of the cafe. She was taken into the kitchen. They talked with her for a little while. They asked if she had a resume. And she said, yes, I do, but I didn't bring it because she didn't expect an interview. She thought that we'd just have a cup of coffee, have a look around the place, and then make an appointment for an interview at a later date. Well, the owner of the cafe was very interested in Sophie. She said, Come in in a couple of days' time and you can observe for an hour or so when the cafe is busy. 
then you'll be able to see what the job's all about. And she gave Sophie her mobile phone number. Well, when we got home, Sophie found her resume and she sent a message to the owner of the cafe and said, shall I email you my resume? And the answer was, no, no, we don't need that. It seems that she was quite happy with Sophie. She didn't want to see any more details. And so Sophie had a new job. And this is her fifth week of working at that cafe. And she absolutely loves the work. She's been working in the kitchen, cooking food, serving customers, making coffee, managing the cafe, selling things, working in the deli, all those kind of things. She has a lot of skills. She's very friendly. She has learnt fast and she is appreciated by her new employer. Now, somebody the other day said to Sophie, you don't want to work in a cafe all your life, do you? This was an older person. And that got us thinking. You tell people that you're working in a cafe, that you're making coffee, and somehow that doesn't sound very good. What happened to university? Couldn't you get into university? What happened to all your dreams? You're not going to be earning much money working in a cafe. Is that all you want to do with your life? No, it doesn't sound very good, does it? It's not exactly like saying, I'm studying to be a doctor, or I'm going to be a lawyer, or I've just graduated from this degree or that degree. I'm working in the cafe. I cook food. I make coffee. I make a difference. I'm doing a good job. You know what? I couldn't be prouder of Sophie if I tried. Sophie's working hard. She learns quickly. She uses her initiative. Her employer has said that she couldn't get on without her. She's been asking, you're not going to go and study, are you? I need you here. I'm also proud because Sophie has found a way to support herself while following her passions. You might know that she loves photography and videography. She would still like to be a portrait photographer or a wedding photographer, take photos as her living. And she's not working in the cafe because she's given up on her dreams. No, she's working in the cafe so that she can earn money to buy all the equipment that she needs so that one day she can set herself up in business. By the time Sophie finished working at her last job, she had saved up enough money to buy herself a MacBook Pro, complete with some video editing software, Final Cut Pro. Apparently, it's the video editing software that professionals use. She was very excited about that. She would like to experiment more with making videos. There is a problem with a lot of passions, and that is you can only learn so much without buying further equipment. Learning stops unless you buy something else. Better software, a new lens, a better camera, whatever it is. And now Sophie has her eye on a very expensive lens for her camera. It's going to take her a long time to save for it because it costs a few thousand dollars. I can't imagine using a lens that costs that much money. I think I would be too afraid to use it. But Sophie knows what she's doing. I have no doubt whatsoever that she will save for that piece of equipment. Now I have left out a big part of Sophie's cafe story. That part of the story includes Imogen. 
If we go back a bit, Sophie's employer was so happy with her and she needed another member of staff. So she said to Sophie, do you know somebody else that's looking for a job? And Sophie said, well, my sister Imogen's looking for a job. How do you feel about siblings working together? And the answer was, tell her to come in and see me tomorrow. So Imogen put together a resume and the next day she got all dressed up and she went into the cafe for an interview. About an hour later, I got a text message from Imogen. It was very short. I'll be late working. So I texted back. I guess the interview went well. Later when the girls came home, Imogen told me that she didn't actually have an interview. The employer had based her opinion of Imogen on Sophie and as soon as she stepped through the cafe door, she showed her where the lockers were, where she could put her bag and then she took her directly into the kitchen and started showing her what to do. So Imogen and Sophie are working together in a cafe in town and they're having a great time. They love working together as a team. They're used to working together so they work very well. They like the place they're working. They like their employer and the other people in the cafe. They have been given a lot of responsibility. They're trusted. I think that makes a difference. They're not treated as young people who don't know what they're doing. They could see from day one that they could rely on Sophie and now they can rely on Imogen and they don't stand behind them telling them what to do. They just let them get on with their work. The girls are earning enough money to support themselves and they're both still working on their passions in their spare time. So this brings me up to Imogen's big news. You might know that Imogen hasn't made any new music videos for a long time and that's because she's been focusing on her writing. Yes, she has two big passions, writing and music. I was rather sad when Imogen said that she was going to put her music on the back burner for a while. Yes, not make any new music videos. I think the other girls were a bit sad as well because we really enjoyed going out every few weeks early in the morning and filming a video, editing it, putting it up on YouTube. It was a good experience. Personally, I missed the opportunity to take photos. We're also missing those early morning breakfasts. There's one thing we're not missing though, and that's getting up very early and going out on cold winter's mornings. Yes, it's winter here in Australia at the moment. And some of those mornings going out to make music videos was a bit like torture. Always when we got to our location, we had fun and the cold didn't really matter, but just getting up and making the effort to go out the front door, that was hard. I guess I'm still getting up early and going out early into the cold, not to make music videos, but to run, because my youngest daughter, Gemma Rose, has been making me go for runs before breakfast, even though it is winter. Now, this is the first winter that we've ever run before breakfast, in previous years, we've either run on the treadmill in the warm or we have gone for a run at a later time of day when the sun has warmed up the day a little. But this year, yes, we've been getting up and going out in the semi-dark and running in the cold. Now, I can't decide whether it's worse to run when there's a really strong cold wind blowing or to run 
when there's a frost on the ground. I think the wind, yes, I think the wind is the worst. But anyway, I have digressed. I've gone off track. Back to what I was saying about Imogen. She hasn't been making any music videos because she has been writing. And in particular, she has been working on her novel, her first novel to be published, called The Crystal Tree. For the last few months, she's been fine-tuning the novel, proofreading the final manuscript, and then she published it. And today, August the 1st, she released her novel, Out Into the World. It's available on Amazon as a paperback or as a Kindle ebook. So if you're interested in reading it, please head over to Amazon and take a look. The Crystal Tree by Imogen Elvis. You could also stop by Imogen's blog. It's called Write, Rewrite, Read. If you would like to stop by and encourage Imogen with a few words, I'm sure she'd appreciate that greatly. So Imogen is writing novels. She's also working in a cafe. And she's hoping to keep working in the cafe so that she can keep writing novels. Now, if I go back quite some time to podcast episode 86, Are You an Unschooling Multi-Potentialite? In that episode, I was talking about how kids can follow their passions after they get to the age where they have to be earning a living. How do you keep on following your interests when you also have to earn money? Now, some very fortunate people step straight into a career based on their passions. And some people get a job in an entirely different field and they just work on their passions in their spare time. They're quite happy to have a career in a totally different field as long as they also have time for their passions. Yes, work at them at the weekends or in the evenings, have a bit of money that they can spend on those passions. That's enough for them. And then other people will get a job, part-time maybe, that allows them time to also work on their passions and hopefully turn their passions into their career. And that's what my two girls are doing. They have been very fortunate to find work with lovely people, a job that they both enjoy. So I think they'll be quite happy to stay there for a while, earn their money, keep on working at their photography and their writing, their music, whatever else they would like to do. Keep on experimenting with different ways that they can use their passions to eventually earn themselves some money. Well, Imogen might earn some money if people buy her first novel. So I wish her a lot of success with that. Before I leave the topic of the girls and their cafe, I have a little funny story to tell. The girls came home from work yesterday. And Sophie said as she was walking through the cafe, a customer stopped her and said, Are you and your sister identical twins? She sort of grinned and said, Actually, there's six years between us. We're not twins at all. And the man just could not believe it. He asked if Sophie could go and get Imogen from the kitchen. Could Imogen come out? Could they both stand in front of his wife? Because he couldn't believe his eyes. Couldn't believe that they weren't twins. And this made us all laugh a lot. Because to us, all my girls are individuals. I think that they all look very different. But of course, outsiders may not agree with me. 
It just shows you how parents can see the differences that other people can't see. Other people see similarities. Parents see the differences. The differences that make each child very unique. So I have talked a lot about my girls who are working, Sophie and Imogen. Perhaps it's time to talk about me. What have I been doing over the last three months? Yes, almost three months. Yeah, that makes me think. I didn't realize that I had been away from podcasting for so long. The time has just flown by. I think if I hadn't got out of bed this morning and made a decision to sit down in front of this mic, a few more weeks might have passed by. But anyway, here I am. And I'm going to tell you what I've been doing. Now, after my last podcast, I decided that I was going to have a complete break from unschooling. Yes, I'd had enough, you might remember. I was going to go away and do something completely different. So what did I do? Well, I got my camera out and I started taking photos. And then I thought, I want to share my photos. I might go over to Instagram, post a few on Instagram. So that's what I did. And then a few days later, I thought, I wonder if I could write some captions about unschooling to go with my photos. So I did. And then people started following me again. People started realizing that I was discussing unschooling on Instagram. And people joined in conversations. I replied. I didn't really get away from unschooling at all. I just transferred what I was doing over to Instagram. And all that was okay. I was enjoying myself, chatting to people, looking at other people's photos. But the only problem was, it got more complicated. I found myself spending more and more time thinking about captions that I was going to write. What can I write to go with this particular photo? How can I begin a discussion? What aspect of unschooling shall I talk about today? And then once I had an idea, I sat down and I tried to craft a nice caption And maybe I was getting quite good at it. People were stopping by. People were following me. And I thought, this is a really easy way of sharing unschooling. I don't have to write any blog posts. I don't have to sit down in front of a mic. I don't have to edit anything. I just write a few paragraphs, post a photo. That's it. That's all I have to do. But one day that wasn't satisfying enough. I thought, if I'm going to spend all this time on writing captions and looking for photos. I'd rather do it on my blog. I'd rather go deeper, write more, write blog posts, go back to my unschooling book, finish it. I don't really want to be on social media, just sharing captions. So I deactivated my Instagram account and headed off back to my blog and back to my unschooling book. That book, the book... That is going to take me forever to finish. Well, it's not. I have been working on it every single day. I am going to finish it. It is taking shape and I'm getting really excited. And while I've been working on the book, I've been posting thoughts that I've been having, little snippets, things that I have been editing for the book on my blog. I've written some completely new posts from scratch as well, things that I want to include in the book, uh, areas that I felt were missing from the book. And so, yes, I've been posting little bits and pieces that I'd already written, bits from podcasts, 
and entirely new posts. And I've been enjoying doing that. So what are some of the things that I've been writing about? Well, I've been writing about parents, teenagers, and opinions. That's where I started. I wrote a post about when unschooling doesn't seem to be working. Another one about how unschooling isn't just about the child. It's about the parent as well. Yes, I have changed so much since we have been unschooling. And that's the way it has to be. I've written a few posts on maths. You might know that my youngest daughter, Gemma Rhodes, who is 14, has always struggled with the idea of maths. I'm not saying she struggled with the mechanics of maths. She is perfectly capable of doing maths. She just does not want to know about traditional ways of learning maths. Well, she didn't. There's been a new development in her maths story. And I wrote several posts about that. I might make another podcast about maths. It's been a while since I talked about unschool maths. And and Jim Rose's story, I feel, is very positive, full of hope for anybody who is worried that their children aren't learning enough maths. So maybe that's something that I can think about for the future. I retold our unschooling story. I got those old posts that I wrote maybe seven years ago. I updated them. Yeah, changed a word here or there, made it flow better. I can include those in my book now. I've also started a series of posts about bits and pieces, unschooling bits and pieces. Posts in which I can share links, resources, photos, the odd unschooling thought, all the things that I would have shared on social media if I was still there. Because I do miss sharing odds and ends. And I thought, look, I could gather some of these things that I would have shared on social media, put them all into one post at the end of the week. And then if people are interested, they can come over, have a look at what I have to offer, what I've discovered. And maybe that will be useful. And then over the last couple of days, I've been writing about writing. How an unschooler learns to write. And what if unschoolers don't know how to write essays? Will they be at a disadvantage when the time comes to go to university, if that's what they want to do? Shouldn't we make unschoolers practice essay writing during the high school years? Isn't that a sensible thing to do? So if you're interested in any of those posts, you can find them at my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. During the last couple of weeks, I've had a lot of free time that I can use for writing. And this is because my daughter, Gemma Rose, has been busy with a big project of her own. The other day I said to her, what are you planning to do today, Gemma Rose? And she said, I'm going to continue painting the family room. And then she grinned and said, I'm going to be doing lots of creative arts. That's what you can write in the records book, Mum creative arts. So Gemma Rose has been doing a lot of creative arts because she's redecorating our house. She's almost finished painting our family room. We have been looking around the shops for new curtains and different bits and pieces of furniture. Gemma Rose wants to paint some of the furniture that we already have. We have bought a lamp or two, some cushions. 
We've been having a lot of fun trying to make our home look more attractive. Now we have lived in this house for ten years, and when we moved in, we thought it was the best house in the world. This is the very first house that we have ever owned, and it's also a house that is not too old. Maybe it is about fifteen years old now. But when we moved in, it looked very new, no mold. Everything looked fresh and clean and bright. But now, ten years later, it's all looking a bit dull. All the paintwork has gone a bit yellow, and normally this wouldn't worry us at all. We are also busy doing the various things that we do that half the time we don't even look around us. We don't notice our environment, and we don't get any visitors because we're rather. Unsociable. We're an introverted family. We don't go out very often. We seem to have got out of the loop as well. So what our house looks like hasn't really seemed important. So why are we suddenly redecorating? Well, Jim and Rose and I were watching a TV series. Well, it's a series on Netflix. That's where we found it. But it originally started as a BBC TV series. It's called the Great Interior Design Challenge, and in this program, a number of amateur interior designers are given various challenges. They have to come up with a design to redecorate a room, maybe a bedroom or a kitchen, a lounge room, a beach hut. There have been all kinds of rooms. They compete against each other. There are three or four. Amateur designers each episode, and by the end of the episode, someone has won and passes on to the next round of challenges. We have really been enjoying this series. Not only do we get to see some great creative arts, because a lot of the interior designers are very, very creative. They come up with all sorts of things to make and ways to decorate a room that we couldn't have imagined. Yes, we're getting some great ideas. But also, the rooms that they are decorating are in interesting houses, interesting buildings. Some of these buildings are full of history; others are interesting for other reasons. We have seen the interior designers decorate rooms in such places as cottages, fake castles, tower blocks, warehouses. Oh, all kinds of places, all kinds of buildings. And on the show, besides the judges, there is an art historian, and he tells us something about the buildings, about their age, what they were used for, how they were built, all the different features, the style of the time that they were built. And so we have been learning a lot about architecture. After we had watched a few episodes, I said to Jim Morris. Would you like to do some decorating? Would you like to paint a room in the house? I didn't know whether she'd like this suggestion or not, but her eyes lit up and she said, "Oh, I'd love that, Mum. When can we go and look at some paint?" So we went down to the hardware store. We got some paint brushes. We made some decisions, and yes, she has almost finished painting our family room. We have already bought the paint for the kitchen. And I have chosen a colour for our living room, so Jim Rose has plenty of painting yet to do. So that program, the Great Interior Design Challenge, as I said, I found one series of this program on Netflix. 
but I found others by doing some Googling. And of course, you can buy the DVDs as well. Well, I think that I'm coming to the end of this episode. I've had rather a lot to talk about. A big catch-up episode. Now I'm wondering whether I have been sitting here talking to myself. I wonder if many people gave up on me after I stopped podcasting. I wonder if I still have any listeners left. Well, I hope I do. Will I keep podcasting? Yes, I think I will. Maybe I'll pin my daughter Sophie down and we'll actually record some podcasts together. And if not, I can continue sharing on my own. Yes, August the 1st. It was August three years ago that I began my podcasting adventure. 129 episodes in three years. I guess other podcasters would have made more episodes in that time because I've had a break every now and then. Yes, I haven't podcasted every week of those three years, but still I feel satisfied with what I have achieved. So I guess all I've got left to say is that I will put some program notes together. You will find them on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. You won't find me on social media, but please come over to my blog because there's plenty going on over there. Maybe if you listen to this episode, you can stop by, say hello, say that you're still around. And if you have anything you'd like me to talk about, perhaps you could leave me a suggestion in the comments. Last thing to do is to thank you for listening to this episode, episode 129. And until next time, trust, respect, and love unconditionally.